Good morning, everyone. Good to see everyone out. Why don't you stand up with me real quick? Coastal Family Church, come on, stand up with me. We've got some great people in the house. It's their first time here. Give them a warm welcome. Uh, how many remember your first time in church? A long time ago for a long time for some of you, but uh, I don't know about you, but uh, it can be a really different experience for some, absolutely. Uh, no telling what kind of background you came from, and God's got a great sense of humor and puts us all into one house and lets us be who we are. Amen? So why don't you say this with me? It's time for me to get to know God. I'm going to find freedom. I will find out. Discover what my purpose is. And look at somebody and say, guess what? It's time to make a difference with your purpose. Amen. Find about two or three people. Let them know you're glad to see them this morning. You can be seated. Love you, man. Glad to be here. Glory to God. A little bit nervous, actually, this morning. I think I get nervous every time I come up here. If you had all your eyes looking at you, you'd feel the same way, I'm sure. But uh, as Pastor Tiffany mentioned here just a few minutes ago, that uh, we uh, have been in this series for a couple weeks now. This is our third week on how do I, answering just about you know three or four questions that we think uh, are common to all of us that we would have. And uh, the first one that I dealt with, she mentioned that was how to harness our emotions. How do I do that? And we said that ultimately what to do with harnessing your emotions. First of all, recognize the Bible says, as a man what thinketh, so is he. And so our whole focus really that whole time together a couple weeks ago was to learn to maybe refocus your concentration. What your concentration on has a lot to do with the outward expressions that come from you and the emotions. Instead of being led by your feelings and life and kids and job and weather and government and all of those things, we want to come to the place where they're not ruling who we are. And so then we came to a place. Actually, you know what? I want to tell you something about that too. I almost, almost forgot. On Wednesday night, you see, there was no way we could take that subject and do the service that was needed to really just kind of get it into your heart. So what we did is we created a small group for it on Wednesday night, 6 o'clock, here in the sanctuary, and uh, we're taking an Andrew Walmack study. I think somebody say Womack, 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 say Womack. Come on, get involved with me for service, come on. Anyway, Andrew Womack's got a great study on harnessing your emotions. And uh, when we began to go through it, I said, you know what, can we take that and go in a little bit deeper from our first time together on how do I to help these folks out. Because, uh, you know what, let me just tell you something. A bunch of you need to recognize that your emotions are leading you every single day. And it's time to get beyond that to where we see God leading you every step of the way. Amen? And uh, so then we came into Pastor Tiffany. She did such an eloquent job of learning how to deal with difficult people. Why don't you find somebody, look at them right now and say, you really, really difficult. Especially you three on the front row. You're difficult. <laughs> and, uh, well, she gave us a real practical application on how do I deal with difficult people. The first thing she said, I don't know if you remember, so I'm going to help you remember, is she said conversation. You have to have conversation. Most of us in here love to th push things under and never deal with it. 
Because we're afraid what the person's going to say or respond or make somebody mad. And you probably are going to make somebody mad when you start having conversations. You might as well, you're both already mad anyway. So you have a conversation, and then she says step two of that was also forgiveness. You cannot have conversation and go in for restoration without forgiveness being a step to it. You have to always have forgiveness. And does anybody remember what number three was? I didn't think so. Because it was so simple, you can miss over it because you're looking for the big word. And the small word was, what do you do? You repeat the process. You have conversation. You go from conversation to forgiveness and within that forgiveness and if it doesn't get restored at that moment what do you do you got to have another conversation and you need to get talking about it and i'm telling you that is really probably one of the best teachings i've heard for me personally on dealing with difficult people because it works amen so here we are we're going to take off with another part of a question today on how do i and we've titled this how do i hear from god and so I, I kind of wrote some statements down. I'm going to read some things to you. I'm going to introduce you to a, a, a guest of ours that you've all met at one time before. And uh, I'm going to let you get to see him today. But I want to say this to you because I thought it was very powerful when I read it. If God doesn't speak today, then the greatest disservice we could ever do to people is tell them that they could have a personal relationship with God. You see, you may not know this, that, um, that there are doctrines out there today that are saying that God doesn't talk to people. Matter of fact, now don't take away from this. We're going to find this out later. He says that the only way they talk to him is right here, and it's letter, letter of the law, and there's no spirit behind it, and he doesn't talk to you through it. You've got to get it through just your head. There's actually denominations that are teaching that today. And I just tell you right now, flat out, I cannot find that. Because when you start at the beginning, God said... And you follow it all the way through to Revelations and God's having conversation with John. You have to understand something, guys. Our relationship with Jesus is very... The whole thing that, the whole thing that makes our relationship powerful is relationship itself. And if there's no relationship, we'll talk about that here in a minute, there'll be limitations to you hearing actually the voice of God in your life. And I think by the end of today, we'll find out we might be looking for the wrong thing, looking for the voice of God. And uh, I wrote this down just for my personal help for you and actually help for me. I can teach you methods. I can teach you doctrines. And I can even teach you theology. But there's one part I cannot do for you. I cannot develop your relationship with God for you. There's no way I could do it. And if it doesn't come to this place where you realize that it's going to require a certain intimacy with God for you to develop this relationship, for you, us to hear that voice... And what I mean by, by intimacy, I mean actually a place where you start to kind of change your frequency, where you start to kind of tune in a little bit, to where you're actually in a place where some distractions of life are kind of missing and or, or, or you're letting some of those things to go. And as I was, man, I'm telling you, this, this subject was so broad on how do I, I'm trying to figure, I was trying to figure out how can I make it simple. And I found out sometimes the best way to begin to make something simple that seems to be so difficult for many. I know there's a question out there for all of you, many of you, and it's this question here. How do I know it is God's voice talking to me? There's a lot of voices out there. But how do I know it's actually God talking to me? Maybe you're focusing on the wrong thing to hear the voice of God. Listen, when I went to Russia 
I went to Russia three years in a row, did some leadership te- teachings with uh, pastors there, took some of our team members with us each time we went. We spent anywhere from, we were there seven days, I think, actually in Russia each time. Went to St. Petersburg, went to Moscow, and just had an amazing time while I was there. And I really learned some cool things outside of just teaching people and doing that whole thing. I learned some things about, actually, the voice of God that I thought were really powerful for me and actually have changed my life forever. You see, it was interesting when you get into Russia, and I'm sure you've traveled. Maybe some of you have traveled somewhere and you can relate. But while I was in Russia, they spoke Russian. <laughs> and so when they speak just Russian, everywhere you go, you realize that there's kind of difficult to have conversations, and you're trying to act like you know what they're saying, and then you start looking like a fool. And... But you know what was interesting? Anytime I heard someone of my own language... I could hear that language, and I could hear what they were saying. In a whole area of one language that I didn't understand, I wasn't clear on, the moment I heard in a restaurant, the moment I heard on the street, and it didn't happen all the time, but the moment I heard this, what was really cool was, oh my gosh, let me get a hold of you, let me wrap you around, because I felt so alone. But you know, it didn't stop there. What made it even more powerful was when I came back into the States. Because when we flew into Atlanta, and this happened the first two times I was there, after the second time I got on to it and it didn't bother me anymore, but when I flew in the second time, it was even more so when I came in and I started walking in the airport, I had to be honest with you, I started wondering, man, why am I so irritable? I'm thinking it's the jet lag, you know, it's the 10, 12-hour flight, and I'm thinking all of that, and but I was actually getting irritable. I was having a hard time finding my way. I was having a hard time focusing on, you know, the next step that I needed to go to because I had one more flight to get back to here. And, and, and I'm, I'm, I really was trying to figure this thing out. And it took me the separate, second trip to figure it out. And then I realized what it was. I could understand every voice that was in that airport. Not only was I only hearing two or three, all of a sudden I could hear every voice. I heard every conversation that was going on because, you see, seven days my tune was into one thing, hearing two or three, and all of a sudden I'm hearing every one. I hear a mom and dad fighting over their kids over here, and I'm hearing this guy complaining over here. I'm hearing this person excited about their trip over here. And before long, I'm like, all frustrated. I don't know what to do. That's why I was being irritable because there were too many voices, and I couldn't hone in on to the one. (laughs) It brings up another story that made me think about this too because I just want to help you get to where we need to go today and maybe we're looking and listening for the wrong voice to find out if God's actually talking to me. You know, it's interesting. This individual is a member of our church and hadn't been married very long and uh, they're getting ready to have a new baby and and, uh, this individual that I'm talking about has had actually ear problems their whole life to where they had almost like a hearing deficiency their whole life but had just learned to put up with it and to just kind of deal with it. And and actually what happened was through conversations with spouse and family and friends and getting ready to have a baby, they began to talk about some of the serious things and I think this is what kind of hit home with him was that what if our baby wakes up in the middle of the night and you can't hear them? Because obviously, listen, you're not hearing everything. And it was interesting. He had kind of made some um, compensation. How do you say it? Compensations for it. What he had done is he had actually, he would be looking. And it put it all together when I figured this out. He'd be looking right at you. and, And he's got this smile that covers his whole face. And he squints when he's smiling at you. Really what he's doing is he's hard trying to hear what you're saying. He's watching your words. And when he couldn't hear it, he'd laugh. 
and make, it, make you feel like you could hear what he was saying. Well, so to make long story short, they came to this place where they went to the doctor to get this thing checked out a little bit. And uh, they had a friend of a friend that really had helped their whole family. And when they got in there, uh, there was such a wax buildup in, in his ears. And you've got to remember, he's been dealing with this for years, didn't know any different. Had never really, I don't think he'd actually been to an actual ear doctor for at all. And when they took out what was going on inside between his two ears, they took that out. They said it was the worst case they'd ever seen. If that's not enough, guess what happened next? All of a sudden, when they're getting ready to come home, and he got in the car, and he shut the door, and he says, my gosh, that door's loud. I slammed that door hard. And she says, yeah, you slam it hard all the time. He had never heard of how he slammed the door. They're riding down the road, and the radio comes on. He said, turn that radio down. And she says, it's not very high. Because he always had to turn it way high so he could hear it. He said, what was that? I, didn't, I never heard. What was that? And she says, honey, that was just a seatbelt clicking. He had never heard the seatbelt click. And what was even more powerful was when he started to walk, he could hear his feet. He'd never heard his feet walk. I wonder if that's what's happening to some of us. I'm wondering if... We are, have all of these things and distractions. We're just not tuned in. Maybe we've got some stuff between our ears. Maybe we're in another country. Maybe you're hearing uh, all, these other vo- all these life distractions. Maybe you're hearing your kids and your, your wife and your family and your job. And can I pay this bill? And when do I got to be to this next sport? When I got to be to this next schedule? And when I got, I got this appointment tomorrow? And, 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 and all along you're trying to say, God, I need to hear from you now. But you can't hear from him because of all the distractions that are going on. Let me tell you something, guys. God's always speaking and he's never stopped. God's always leading and he's never stopped. God's always wanting to bring victory and and bring success in your life and to take you from one place to the next. It's not a matter. So here's the big question we got to tell us. This is not a matter of whether or not if he's talking. Actually, (laughs) how about this? It's not even whether if you're hearing his voice or not because the scripture says you know his voice. You see, know his voice. So it's not whether you know the voice or is it the right voice I'm listening to. It just might be, am I tuning in to the right voice to hear? Go with me to John 10 this morning. Let's jump into this thing today. And John 10, verses 1 through 5, says, Let me set this before you as plainly as I can. If a person climbs over or through the fence of a sheep pen, instead of going through the gate, you know he's up to no good. A sheep rustler. Now, let me just tell you something. It goes on to say the shepherd walks right up to the gate. Let me just kind of tell you what's going on here. You see, one of the common uh, occupations of that time was to be a shepherd of sheep. Many of you know that. And it's interesting to point this out. Jesus is saying, I'm going to take a natural life example, a principle that you're familiar with, and teach you something so you can learn how I talk to you. And in that process, if you've ever looked at this, uh, maybe through a YouTube or something, I tell you to go do it. It's pretty cool. If, if you ever see shepherds come to a road, four or five different shepherds with their 40 or 50 or 100 sheep at the same time, it's interesting that in that whole transition of crossing the road, the sheep always stay with the shepherd, even if they intermingle a little bit. Why? Because they know the shepherd's voice. And so Jesus is saying, look, he says, 
keep sheep recognize his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. So he's always leading. When he gets them all and he, he leads them and they follow because they are familiar with his voice. So it's not a matter of whether God's talking to us or not. It's not a matter of whether what voice it is because the Bible says we're familiar with it. But it says there's a following piece to it. Are you following what's necessary to be familiar with it? <laughs> and, and what's cool is, uh, can I give you another life example? Um, again, as I begin to think about this, I, I, I want to introduce you to somebody that you guys actually met during Easter. And he's actually a miracle walking. Come on, bring my guest in here. Yep. Yep. Let, you can let him go, Doug. Yep. 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 Come on, get it out of you. Yep. From the time he was a baby, him and Mackenzie both. Not Mackenzie. Peyton. I've been doing the same thing with Mackenzie. Seriously. From the time they could actually really acknowledge they were hearing something. I know. Hip. I had this sound that I would make. I'm not a professional dog caller. It's probably not even the best way to do it. But I've stayed consistent with it. Every time that I need them to come, I've seen we live on a creek, he swims off on the creek, I can call their name and they won't come. But I can do that sound. Hip, hip. And they know the sound. Why? Because he's familiar with it. I've seen him running down the street before. <laughs> and, I mean, they're about to barrel down around the corner. And I'll yell out, Hup! And the moment I do that, they'll stop in their tracks. I did it just this morning. He was over here on the other side of the road, giving Mom a hard time. Doug, you can take him on. That's fine. Thank you, Doug. But I wonder if God's calling and giving you a hup, hup, and that's what you're doing. You're running around by, and getting caught off guard by all the distractions around you. You know his voice. You've heard it before. You know how I know you heard it before? If you're born again, you heard it before because you got saved. It's the only way you could. It didn't just happen by osmosis. You heard something that witnessed with your heart. And since, you know, we, we don't have time to teach it now. I just, I want to kind of land you on a place of how do I, some practical application, how do you hear the voice of God towards the end. But we just finished a great study on the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit, that would be benefit you to learn what that voice sounds like. Do you know there's really, I was trying to count them the other day, but let's just give you four main voices to hear. Number one, God the Father. It's very different. God the Son, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and the voice of the word. And if we would learn how to this language and what this sounds like, all these others won't be as distinct. This will be the most distinct language that I know. And listen to me, guys. I'm telling you with all everything within me today, I want to start by saying this, that the Bible, actually, it's God's language. It's actually how he talks to you. You know, I, I found this statistic that I thought was pretty cool. Over 3,000 
800 times in the Old Testament, and they didn't even have the New Testament. 3,800 times the writers make reference to this being God talking to them or the written word of God specifically. And God said, and God said, and God said, and God said, move over here. God said, go over here. There has to be something when it comes to knowing the language of God. I'm wondering if we're focused on hearing the wrong thing and we don't know the language yet. 2 Timothy chapter 3, 16 through 17. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people for every good work. Guys, listen to me. You'll have a very difficult time hearing the voice of God if you don't familiarize yourself with his language. What do I mean? If you don't read the word, you don't hear the word, you don't speak the word, you don't write the word, you don't memorize the word, you don't study the word. I even threw a couple of these. You don't teach the word. What do I mean? Teach your family, your friends, and those around you. I threw this in. Maybe sing the word. Speak to yourself with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. If this is not a part of your life, it will be difficult to discern whether God's telling you. Now, next week, we're going to learn how to make decisions. But I can't tell you how to make a decision if you don't know the voice to hear to make a decision. And it requires a certain level of intimacy. And if I learn to do this and I, I, I get to this place where I'm never paying attention to what he's saying and I, I never even realize what he's speaking, then ultimately, guys, I am never, never going to be able to be led by God. You'll be led by emotion and you won't even know how to harness it. And those difficult people that come into your life, they will stay difficult. And that difficulty will destroy you and your family and those beyond you. And God's got an answer for everything about it. I've heard this, I heard this statistic just a couple of days ago, and I'm like, man, that really witnesses with me. About 95% of what you hear God telling you to do will come through the Word. That's a pretty big percentage. But we're going to people, we're going to organizations, we're going to a lot of things to hear God and I'm going to help you with some of that. And really, the things that we're going to, I want to ask this question. Are they leading me into the language of the word? Are they leading me into the language of the world? Come on. Ask yourself. If I'm going to somebody for direction, I'm not going to somebody that's going to tell me opposite of what the scripture says. So you have to ask yourself, am I in a small group? Am I... A church goer. These are resources. These are facilities. These are uh, 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 tangible things that God's given us to, to begin to learn the language. Are you around people that talk that language? You know, it's interesting. You can get around Christians that talk the language, the language of God, and they're not going to tell you to hate people. They're going to tell you to love people. You get around people that are talking the language of God and they're going to not tell you to hoard your, all your stuff. They're going to tell you to give freely. <laughs> you're going to get around people that will talk the language of God and when your body's sick, they're not going to say, oh, let's just go to 20 doctors and figure out what's wrong with you and then find out you don't have an answer. No, they're going to say, I know the one doctor has the one answer. <laughs> How far do we want to go? Let me just give you some examples. This might make it a little bit easier for you. 
I was just doing my best to make this whole thing practical. Because we can get so theological in our trying to figure it out. We can get so formality in trying to figure it out. And to be honest with you, you're already doing some of this. You just need to be told that you know the voice. And this is what it sounds like. This is how you're hearing it. He prompts a friend to share a scripture with me. And it's actually what encouragement, the encouragement that I needed that day. A scripture. Leaves my pastor to preach a certain passage and it confirms something that I thought God said to me earlier that week. You got to be church to get that one. I hear a scripture filled song and it cuts through my heart. Mending an old wound. That happened to me this morning. Oh, oh here it is. As soon as I got up. Scripture in my heart. He's a good, good father. It's who you are. <laughs> it's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. You're perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You're a good, good father. Where'd that come from? I didn't make that up. I'm not that brilliant. As soon as I was up, the word, the scripture of a song began to come to my heart. And I'm hearing the voice of God. I'm hearing He's a good God. I'm hearing He loves me. I'm hearing He's perfect in all of your ways. And no matter what I'm facing right now, your perfection will bring me up and out and give me an escape. <laughs> How about this one? When I'm struggling with a temptation to sin and he brings up from my own memories a scripture I had to read days, weeks, or years prior. I can, this happens to me all the time. And I know it happens to you. 30 years ago, or more now, I was in Bible school. And today, still, scriptures come to me. Word comes to me. God talks to me from things of the past. There's, there's times when, when, when that is so real... Actually, this might relate to you too. There's times I'm sitting down reading the Word, Scriptures, and it's boring as it can be. You get into some of those Old Testament things, you just like, you just you mumble across them because it ain't hitting nothing. But it's interesting that as much power in life as in the Word and in the Scripture, weeks later, that Scripture will come back to me. Why? Because I've got the help of the Holy Spirit to bring reminder to me of something. You're hearing God! All right, how about this one? A little bit more natural. Maybe you're reading a book, a novel, a people magazine. <laughs> I'm not talking about one of them harlequin books and them crazy books. I'm talking about you're reading something that's beneficial. I don't know if people's beneficial, but <laughs> Us magazine. Inquire. Maybe you're reading the Inquire. And you're realizing I shouldn't be inquiring from this magazine. That's the word from the Lord to you right now. Don't read it. Because it's lies. Anyway, my whole point is maybe you're reading just a simple, natural tool. And while you're reading that book of pleasure, of, of just something that you enjoy, whatever it might be, your, your, your passion, it might be your, uh, your job, your experience, and you're reading, and a word jumps off at the page at you, and you're trying to figure out, where'd that word come from, God? And you're questioning whether you're hearing from God or not. You're making it too big because you're looking for the great big voice. That's my concern. My concern is that we are seeking after this great big prophetic voice and we're missing the daily concerns of the simple voice. 
And if we're focusing on hearing this, and I'm, well, you, listen, I'm going to tell you, if you focus on this too much, you're going to need a psychologist. He will. Because you'll be here, and the devil will accommodate that quickly. And you won't know the difference or the distinctness of it because you've not spent time learning the language. And the enemy's looking for the opportunity to get in and confuse your language. Like when I was in Russia, and when I came back into the States, and the gentleman, that his ears were, were, were full to where he had never heard sounds that you take for granted. All it took was a quick adjustment in focusing and changing the frequency and tuning in to something that was... Maybe a friend's asked you for wisdom. And all of a sudden you share with them wisdom. Excuse me, you know the Bible says that wisdom is the principal thing? And you know that the Bible actually says that you're smart? Did you know the Bible says that you have the mind of Christ and you think like God, you can act like God, you can talk like God? Well, how do you think you can talk like God? Because you know His voice. You see, it's not as difficult as we're making it. And what's happening is, I'm coming to that place. I'm asking you this today. Are you continuing to expose yourself to the place where you can hear God? Are you familiarizing yourself with the opportunities that are available to you as a believer so that you can... I know a bunch of you out here right now, you've got to make life-changing decisions. And if you don't get a God answer, it could destroy your life. But don't look for the big God answer. Look for the big, small voice talking to you every day. But that takes an intentionality on your part to wind yourself into a more narrow path of hearing. And don't be like Walker. He knows the voice. Hup, hup, hup. Jesus is going all the time. My father's all the time going hup, 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 trying to lead you. And you're getting caught off guard by every person around you. Here's the question. What does God sound like? How do I hear the voice of God? What does He sound like? Well, I'm actually coming to the place that sounds like the Scriptures. His voice will never, ever, ever, never lead you beyond the Scriptures of right and wrong. There's voices that you have that we don't have the time in this. I want to move on quickly here because I want to give you seven practical application steps to do this. And I walk, I'm going to walk through them real quick. Sounds like seven is a lot, but you'll find out it's very simple because you do most of it already. But I want you to understand, there's a truth that I would challenge you to get a hold of. Set me free, again, 30-some years ago when I came into the understanding of it. And that is understanding the three-part being that you are. You are a spirit. You have a soul. And you live in a body. Your spirit is what's alive unto God. God communicates. He's spirit. He communicates to you through your spirit. What is the voice of your spirit set you free forever? It's the voice of your conscience of knowing right and wrong. And so the, the brain itself is just a physical organ that processes all of this stuff. That's really, people make that the most important thing. It's not the most important thing. What's the most important thing is who you are, the spirit that's alive unto God. And if you will begin to get an understanding of how that works, it's very simple. This language tells you how that works. 
And then you have this soulless realm that you constantly have to deal with, which takes me back to my emotions, which takes me to dealing with people. It's the mind, the will, and the emotions. It's where you make your choices. It's where your emotions go crazy. And if we don't harness the emotion and the will, then what happens is this body yields to the emotion of that. And the body is just simply the house that you live in. It's what houses you. It's not eternal. It is going to die at some point. It will, this, this physical thing will not go to heaven with you. And if you can learn how that truth is so distinguished in its working and so simple in how it does, you'll never have a problem with some of these seven applications. Let me give you seven applications real quick and we'll get out of here. Number one, how do I hear the voice of God? For all of the people that want some little outline. How do I hear the voice of God? Real simple. You've got to believe that He wants to talk to you to start with. Listen, God's talking all the time, and He's your creator. He has your beginning and your end. He knows what's best for you. He knew you before you were formed in the womb. He wants to talk to you. And if you don't have that settled, you've got to settle that first before you ever go to Him. Number two, set a time, set an appointment, set a place. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 1, you can go read that later. It says, I'm going to my watchtower. And here's where people make the mistake of this. Some of you, your time of setting to do this is only once a week, once every two weeks, once a year. This has to be a daily life. If you, you'll never know the language unless this is a daily. I'm not talking about a 10-minute shotgun prayer. I'm talking about a daily life where you set aside sometime, somewhere. It's an appointment and nobody can interrupt that appointment. I ignore my phone when you call me during that appointed time. You're not that important to me. Because if I don't have my appointed time, I will have nothing to give you in the moment of crisis. Number two, set an appointed time. Number three, come with a clean heart. What does that mean? If you need to repent, ask forgiveness for something, get it over with. And then remember that you're righteous in God's sight. Some of you aren't coming to God because you don't think you're worthy to come to God. You are worthy the moment you brought Jesus into your life. you got to go to Him. Number one, listen, He wants to talk to you. Number two, set an appointed time. And don't ever let anybody tell you you're not worthy enough to come to Him. So do you see how see, these things are so simple to start with? Remove the question that I can't talk to Him. You can talk to Him. Remove the question whether I know His voice. You know His voice. You just might need to hone in a little bit more. Number four. Be still and worship. What do I mean by be still and worship? Psalm 46, 10, be still and know that I am God. Be still, that's going to be difficult for most of us. Matter of fact, let me ask you to do it right now. Don't move. Stop. Don't write. Carlos, you're writing. Stop. Quit rubbing your hair. Quit laughing. Quit turning your head. Don't blink. That's difficult, isn't it? Why? Because you're wondering how goofy you look right now. (laughs) Be still and worship. The scripture says that worship begins to set up ambushments for me. Worship begins to uh, uh, remove distractions from my life. (laughs) Worship begins to deny self. Worship takes time. Number five, pray and read. Talk to God. Read the Word. 
Mark chapter 1, verse 35, New Living Translation. Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went to an isolated place to pray. Psalm 119, 147, New Living. I rise early before the sun is up. I cry out for help and I put my hope in your words. Don't make it about early morning. Make it about the time that works for you. Don't make it about a certain Bible. Make the Bible the one that works for you. There's so many translations. Number six. Number six is wait, listen, and write. Now, to be honest with you, the one that I probably struggle with all of that is the writing part. I love the right vision. But to me, it's kind of sometimes it's like, man, I've got to write all this out. My wife has books of things she's written down about you. And we've seen books of things come to pass in your life that she wrote down in her book. Number six, wait, listen, and write. I think we're giving you the references of Scripture. You can write those down. Number seven, final. And this sets us up for next week. Number seven, how do I hear the voice of God? I'm going to come to this place where, listen, I know He wants to talk to me. I want to set an appointed time. I'm going to come to that place I know I'm righteous in His sight. I'm going to be still and I'm going to wait and I'm going to worship. I'm going to pray and I'm going to read daily. And when I begin to do that, something very powerful happens. I begin to wait and I begin to listen. I begin to write. Write down the first thing you think God said to you. The first thing. Might be a word, might be a sentence, it might be nothing. Write down nothing. Give God a chance for you. It's all really more about you saying, I am set at my watchtower to hear the voice that I know. God will do his part. And then number seven, I'll read one scripture to you and I'll let you go. Number seven, it's really not difficult. Come to this place where you learn how to follow what you heard. Is that it? Is that simple? Next week, I want to teach you. Now you know that God's talking to me. Now you for sure, if you don't think so, let me give you another wake-up call. Look at somebody and say, you know God's voice. You know God's voice. Tell him, you know God's voice. Tell somebody, you know God's voice. So there's no more question there. You just might too need to change your frequency and hone in a little bit. Quit being walker. And then you'll find out how to follow. Next week I'll teach you how to make decisions. Final scripture. And let the peace, soul, harmony which comes from Christ rule, act as an umpire continually in your hearts. Deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds in that peaceful state. Verse 16 for time's sake. Let the word spoken by Christ the Messiah, have its home in your hearts and minds and dwell in your heart with all richness. Stand up with me this morning. You've been great today. Come on up, baby. How do I hear from God? Doug, you can go ahead and get ready to come up. I called Doug baby. That was funny. (laughs) Don't make this difficult anymore, guys. But I am telling you some very, if I, was a, if I wasn't, if I didn't tell you this, I would not be a good pastor to you. I would not be a good shepherd. I have to apply this just like you. I, 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 some of you look to 
the office as a directing answer. I get it. I understand that. But some of you got to realize that you have that office of answer living in you. You have the true shepherd living in you already. The pastor in you already. The evangelist in you already. The apostle in you already. The teacher, the helper, the Holy Spirit in you already. To give you the answers and the directions that you're looking for. And you can walk in this peace and make decisions knowing you heard from God. You won't have to ask that question. I'm not sure if I heard from him or not. You know, it's interesting when you get to that place. I'm not sure if I heard from him or not. You know what to do. Go to your application principles. Know he wants to talk. Set a time. (laughs) Know you're righteous. Pray and read. Be still and wait. And worship. And then you'll follow. It's no difficult. It's not difficult.